What's up, chimps? <laughs> hey, are we doing Sarah first? Sarah first. Sarah first. What's up, chimps? What up? We had a beautiful conversation with Sarah Gallagher. Bloom? I think Bloom is in that. Bloom. Yeah. She's awesome. She, I've known her for years. Owner of Moksha Yoga NDG. Uh, unfortunately, closed during the pandemic. But she talked about her realizations from the whole experience and what she gained. She's just a wealth of knowledge. 20 years plus of meditating and being a yoga teacher and owner of a, gi- of a yoga studio for over a decade. Yeah. I don't have a lot to say about it. It was just a really good conversation. And it was a it work we're, uh, we're a few days off now, I guess. I don't remember a lot. <laughs> we're a few weeks yeah. away from it now. Yeah. But it was very it resonated, man. It was strong. Like it was we had uh we had a we had a lot of like deep realizations. Mm. I really don't know what to say. I, 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 uh, this could be a short one. Yeah. It was a good conversation. She's really fucking knowledgeable, like you said. You could you can see it, you know, she's a deep yoga practitioner. And uh, she had some cool stuff in the works mm. because of the the studio closing uh, that I was that I'm really interested in. What was it called again? A studio, studio without walls. Yeah, how they continued onwards without the actual physical space. And, and that's I love that idea because it's like, I mean, everybody did it during COVID. Like everybody just became like a Zoom teacher or something. But if you kind of lean into it, and then you can have like philosophy conversations. And yeah, practice conversations, I mean, it could actual be classes, yeah, yeah, meditation classes, breath work, like really kind of do everything uh, in a studio mindset, mm. and ha- have this kind of one-stop shop place yeah. to do it. Uh, for me, for me, the community is the big thing. I think that's why I'm interested in joining it is to have like a bunch of like-minded people, and we all talk about a practice. And I feel like I'm just going to grow in my practice so much. Well, Especially if she's l- the head of the yeah. the pack, you know, it's crazy. Well, that's why I love the studio because it was the community was so strong there. Like it was really something special, and you'll hear it, you'll hear the vibe she brings in a few minutes, and you'll know that like she's the real deal. She, that was a really really fun conversation, deep, fun, playful, all of it. Loved it. Yeah, deep and funny is a, is the best vibe. Yeah, it was. A, she's a good time, man. She's really cool. And for all you beautiful people, just do us the favor and honor of liking and subscribing to this YouTube channel. It's really, it's growing. We love it. And these messages seem to work because the numbers are going up from the, and corresponding with the timeline where we started talking to you more directly, which is pretty cool. Mm. So we ain't stopping. So you may as well start liking. And we might be starting, we're talking about putting out different types of content. So stay tuned for that. And we'll have more less podcast format content we're going to still do the podcast but we're going to explore different avenues see what we can come up with and conjure i mean not to burst the bubble but uh, and not to sell us short but it just seems like shorter more planned podcasts yeah (laughs) just like a 20 minute video but like a little more prepared more structured we need the long form we just want to talk to people that's awesome that's always going to be what we do uh i hope anyway but uh yeah we want to do some other stuff yeah so uh fuck you like it or don't <laughs> <laughs> like, but hit that subscribe button even if you don't like it do it thank you we do love it. you enjoy what's up beautiful people i'm nathaniel pearl and i'm sam sheva and welcome to curious chimps podcast a show where we explore the infinite complexities of the human experience we do not endorse anything illegal so please consult the doctors do your research and for the love of all that is holy be safe all right let's talk about drugs <laughs>
It's just hot. <laughs> oh, Lord. Hey, Lily, what's going on? Okay, so checklist is done, Sammy. We're good. You have your timer or phone? Oh, yeah, yeah. sure. Let's, uh, let's So one of our recent episodes, Lily just jumped on Sammy, <laughs> and she was sitting on his lap for like 10 minutes. It made no sense. <laughs> she wanted in on that energy. Yeah, after like 80 episodes, she decided that was the oh one. Oh, my gosh, you guys have done 80 episodes? I think yeah. you're 81. Yeah. <gasps> Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. Oh, I kind of didn't realize it until you just said it now. Like, <laughs> yeah, we, we that's a little nuts. Congratulations. Thank you. It's it's the strange journey. It doesn't feel like it's been a while. Mm-hmm. But then when you just start scrolling through your content, mm-hmm. you're like, oh shit. This mm. is there's a lot of stuff here. That's mm. like two hundred hours. Wow. And we've have we've had guests like over again. Mm-hmm. So it's like you kind of get to see like you get a snapshot, but it's like a nice long conversation. To have two or three of that, wow. you really can get to know a person just from like a podcast. It's it's I don't know. It's like you don't expect it. Yeah. But it's it's when you when I look back on it, I don't I realize like how awesome it is, how mm-hmm. fun it is. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a weird it's it's surreal sometimes. That I always bring this one up about uh, what was that friend of yours? You know, you had those two guys come in. This one guy was listening to all our podcasts, and I'd never met him before. Oh, yes. So then he just starts talking to me about these things in my life. And it's as oh if he wow. knows me. Yeah. <laughs> it and it's weird. the first time I'd never seen this guy's face before. I was like, like, this is weird. It's but like he knew your story before you even said it. Yeah. We were just talking about something. He's like, oh, yeah, I heard that on the podcast. This, this, and this happened. It's wild when you put yourself out there and you didn't even know you were putting yourself out there. I really, yeah. <laughs> it's like I made a decision. I'm like, do I keep doing this? <laughs> like, it was weird. But it was like, there's this weird little clutch of privacy, like, you want to hold on you know like we talked about before like you like change is always weird but it's like just like oh just yeah it's worth it it's definitely worth it that's yeah. the key point by it's the way also by the way we started it just oh the, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're in <laughs> we're in <laughs> yeah we'd, we'd never have a structure i mean like if you want to introduce yourself and i don't know if a lot of a lot of people who are into yoga have a hard time throwing labels uh, after their name I've realized this, so maybe we could do it for you if you want, <laughs> but like you could say like your name, what you're about, and uh, just... Yeah, you know, hey, I'm Sarah, <laughs> and uh, I am a student of life at heart and a curious seeker of all things body, mind, and spirit related. Um, the modalities that I express myself through are the physical practice of yoga and the meditation practices, and my newest love, which I believe is the future of yoga, which was also the past of yoga, mm. being breathwork and pranayama. Awesome. Yeah, right? Yeah, we're going to yeah. have a lot to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> <good>. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I only got into breathwork halfway into my yoga practice. I like came across these facilitators that were just doing breathwork sessions. Sweet. And yeah, what you uncover with an hour of breathing they were calling it it's not uh there's two ty- there's one that they were calling uh it's not transcendental breath work there's holotropic holotropic yeah. yeah but the one they were doing was called conscious connective breathing okay so it's a, apparently it's a little bit different yeah but when you do that for one hour so much gets revealed it's like you know yeah. the the 
the breath practices are not natural. It's not like how we automatically breathe. They're a learned technique. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's almost as if through the techniques, and there are many of pulling your breath in and out in various ways. It's like you bring into your body these little scrubber molecules that like scrub away all the debris and like mm. polish up all your insides and move out all the garbage and the junk and the and just open you up. It's it's like they're <laughs> they're like the little molly maids of your interior. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like to to just really so that we can be reminded and returned to our essence. I find mm. the breath work so, so potent. Mm. That's such a fun way to imagine <laughs> it. I, I actually, it's funny because I, before, let's say, before the ayahuasca ceremony, I, I, I pictured it, or let's, I experienced it as like this, um, like, uh, it's like getting to know somebody. So it's like slow. Sometimes the person is resisting. So it's like the person being my my diaphragm or like my my lungs, mm. and I'm just finding. It's almost like maybe it's like like a problem solving, like a math problem, or like a some kind of like I'm studying something. I feel like I'm just getting to know this thing that has been you know just running in the background my whole life, and then you start finding these little nooks and crannies, and and it becomes skillful. It becomes more and more deliberate. And, you know, we could talk about that forever. I'm sure a lot of people relate to that as well. But, like, after during the ceremony, actually, I a lot of old practices came in to kind of save me, let's say. <laughs> and uh, one of them was, I, I mean, I just found myself r doing retentions. Mm. I don't know why, but I was, like, sitting properly and just kind of started doing some deep breathing. And I don't know if I was also, like, all doing, like, blocking nostrils or something, but I, I was... At some point, I held my breath, and I, I had this like clear as day vision of like this cloud of air, sort of like in my center, and uh, and because I was retaining it, it like took on a form, and then these eyes opened, and it was like a thing, mm -hmm. and it was like, oh, okay, I have stuff to do. Like it was, it was like it ca it came to life, and it was like I know what I need to do in here. And it just made me think of that when you were saying like these things come in and kind of scrub. Mm -hmm. It's t it's not mm -hmm. related, but it's just a fun, weird anecdote of like. Oh my uh, gosh, I had so many visuals as you were just talking. <laughs> <laughs> Good. You know, because it's like the the retention, you know, and then this the 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 practice of softening around the fullness and the holding full. I I see it visually as whether it's this thing, <laughs> you know, but being able to travel the pathways, the deep interior pathways within as a way of strengthening your nervous system. So like the way that I just heard your experience was this deep wisdom came to me. You know, I started to breathe in a deliberate way yeah. as a way of fortifying my nervous system so that my container being the vehicle of your body could hold the new information, could hold the new neurology, could hold the new vision or ideas. Like I see it so Whoa, graphically in okay. my mind. That's awesome. I never thought of it. That it was so like literal, and I was so confused. But I love that uh, that view of it. Like I I, I, I don't even want to change anything about it. It's amazing. <laughs> like <laughs> it's perfect. You know, it's like um. Like I went home in a way. Like uh, it was obviously like this novel and and 
in some ways stressful experience and I just I was like okay if I do this yeah. it'll it'll mm. transform it in one way or another yeah I mean breath is life yeah and when yeah, we're yeah. out of it it's death so <laughs> it's like you come into the world with a breath and you go out with a breath and then when you're not paying attention to it it's just like autopilot mode so yeah. there's just these and sometimes that's good if you're doing like a project or, or something that's just redundant and repetitive sometimes tuning out is okay if it's getting done but when you come back to your breath that's a, like a mini rebirth mm -hmm. that you can experience an um, infinite amount of times during a lifetime and then when you come back it's just like it kind of wants to make you emotional sometimes because it's like where have you been you know and you just return to your breath return to your breath and I feel like at least for me, it's been delayed because of this whole situation with what's going on in the world where I only returned to my breath after like a year. Mm. And when I came back, it was like like shattering almost. It's mm. like, oh shit, you put yourself, you're like hanging yourself up and just doing your thing, but you forgot that we're here, breath and life. It's you know? pretty fascinating that it's in the sense of breath that it's a respiratory pandemic that we're mm. in, mm. you know, so the fear to breathe the 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 breathing behind a mask is all about you know getting just to the the only to the the surface mm. and like like i'm sure we all did this but when the pandemic first started we were all terrified some people probably holding breath their breath when they walk by someone or something so it's just like <laughs> this whole year was like a manifestation of retention and holding in and yeah. just suppression and you know yeah. i know in january i was like we just have to fucking breathe. Mm. And everyone's afraid to breathe because we're afraid to be around each other. You're afraid to sneeze. You're afraid to cough. You're like, so I launched a, a breath practice that was every day and it was free. Mm. And I was just like, I, uh, my mission is that a thousand souls are breathing. Wow. And it went, we carried it on for 152 days straight, seven wow. days a week. And it was transformational it was so anchoring in such an unstable time mm. and the stories from the students who would participate were were just magnificent mm. magnificent transformations do you have any examples or do you remember any off the top of your head so um, one student who was, was not even new to breath, um, she came in, she's like, she did three consecutive days with, with it was with me, because I, I co-taught with um, a colleague of mine, Chelsea, mm. and um, we split up the, seven, the 150 some odd <laughs> days. Yeah. And, um, and so this student came in, practiced breath work for the first time, and basically had a whole reckoning reconciliation in her entire life and pivoted her entire life after the third practice that's one story i have another story of a woman in her late 70s and um she had a reaction um let me just back that up she had an episode of um a temporary amnesia and was hospitalized and in the hospital um, she started to employ the techniques that we had been using. And so in the hospital, when she was connected to the monitors, could see the like visual of her breath. <laughs> and then cool. when the doctors were coming to, to check her out, they said, we've never met a woman of your age with this capacity 
in your in in your lungs. Like mm. this is incredible. And she was like, "Well, you should go to Sarah's class." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's just like That's a amazing. million stories yeah. about how you know, how the breath and the the consciousness and the moving and the doing. I mean, this is the thing is we have to do it. Yeah. Yeah, for real. How it's it. transformed a moment, a day, a life, an experience. And yeah. it progresses. The more you do it, like the deeper and filler the the breath gets and then the the insights and the revelations can come from that. Mm. You know, it's like as you do the breath work, you're just uncovering so many layers of what's just being buried in the tunnels of our existence mm. and it just comes out and it's like it's an ongoing practice because depending on where you are in your day in your life or week mm -hmm. you know retention happens everywhere you know when something scares you you hold your breath and then that kind of stores a sensation of or like a block in a sense so that when you give your moment of breath work whether it's five minutes an hour whatever even 10 seconds you're un you're unlocking those blocks that you've accumulated yeah, you like know. a way of, uh, almost in a sense, I think what I'm hearing is like a way to process life. Mm. Yeah, both physically and mentally. Because yeah. sometimes, sometimes the stimulus can be a psychological effect, but it stores in the physical body. I mean, I, I really feel like our everything we think, feel, see, do, hear, everything we've taken in through our senses is stored in our body. Yeah. And what the 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 techniques and the technologies for with with the breath work allow us to do is to empty the subconscious mind so it's said that in any given second you can have a thousand thought forms and then we process one of those thought forms but what happens to the other 999 mm. they get dumped into the subconscious mind which you could imagine that it's like this finite storage unit right so it's like the hoarding part of our energetic <laughs> being and we're like we're burdened and carrying around this huge amount of useless weight mm. until we do a practice maybe it's ayahuasca maybe it's breath maybe it's but we do a process that engages us in such a way to consciously empty the subconscious mind. Mm. And it's in that lightening of the load of the new possibilities, new thought forms, new ideas can be received. Mm. Yeah. Spot on. <laughs> and <laughs> I'll use ayahuasca as an example. It's just sometimes you go into these experiences and nothing happens. Mm. You drink the same amount as everyone. You're sitting in space. And that happened to me actually the last ceremony I went to. I had almost no experience. And then I realized, well, I've known this for a while, but it's just it was a revelation again that it's working. It's just not at the conscious layers. It's just <coughs> sorting out the unconscious mind because the unconscious mind, the way you were describing it, I pictured like a giant library, like the biggest library you can imagine. And the workers just quit. They're like, fuck it. It's too messy. Well, <laughs> you know, and the books are everywhere. <laughs> And then when you do like an ayahuasca or a breath work or a meditation, it's like th they get motivation to clean up again. So they're just putting everything <laughs> back. And <laughs> so I felt like that ayahuasca experience was that. It was mm. just there was nothing at the conscious level that needed to be addressed at the moment. It was the unconscious was mm. so busy, so crowded. And the message I did get from that experience was that your internal environment is so acidic. So I can relate that to the mental state as well. It was just too acidic to communicate directly to me. Whoa. And I had to clean up first. Yeah. So what did you do after? Oh, I went on like a strict diet plan, started just 
like being more mindful, starting addressing things that I've been kind of sweeping under, under the rug. You know, there's moments I have, I've come to realize I have a food addiction mm. and I used it my whole life. I got away with it when I was younger because I would train so hard. So yeah. I never really noticed it. But as the pandemic hit and like all my favorite places got pulled away from me, you know, uh, I noticed that that pattern was really strong and it was just a, such an easy way to res- suppress all type of mm. um, sensations. You know, I just numbed myself. So leading to the ayahuasca ceremony, I was just so numbed out from my patterns that it was revealed to me. It's like, look, look what your internal environment is. You can't just come here and expect to achieve any type of enlightenment or any type of state of mind without addressing what you've been doing leading to this place. Yeah. yeah. I love this. What thi- like what I'm hearing with you is that like the w- the universe is going to work with us if we if we need it. Mm. Like our work is to prepare the body as a vehicle, the body as an abode, the body as a house that houses spirit and soul that houses the deeper wisdoms and w- in this human form living on a polarity planet as an energetic being our work is to tend to the structure so that spirit information consciousness can pass through us mm. and, and i love that because it's like you know you got to show up and do the work you got to do your part and we'll do our part that's it that's so cool yeah i love that yeah <laughs> that was the direct message i got and when i got home i'm like I know what I got to do. You know, it was just like like an internal checklist. And it was really not about changing things. It was just about addressing things. Mm. Did yeah. you have any resistance to addressing things? No. Yes and no. I mean, once you're aware of it, it's kind of like it's there. And it's just, there is that initial resistance, but it's just there. It doesn't move. It's just in front of you. Mm-hmm. So at some point, you're just going to have to work through it. And at least thankful, f- thankfully for me and my practice, well, thankful for my practices, it was easier to address these things. Mm. The, the harder part was the effort used to suppress it and avoid it. Like that was the effort. Totally. You know, it's funny. It's because it's like we get so caught up in I thinking. Like yeah, <laughs> We get so <laughs> caught up in the resistance and then when you just let go, it's just like so much can happen instantaneously. Yeah. You know? It's like a yoga practice when you just like you're the hardest part is the resistance your body's created to the poses or whatever. But, you know, when it releases, it's you unlock so much. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, rivers can flow. So the harder part was the resistance, mm. like the, the built up resistance. Addressing yeah. was easy. It's like, you know what you've been doing. That resistance is opened, you know. I just thought of something kind of cool. Like, uh, I've been reminded recently that sometimes when you have, like, a lack of flexibility in one muscle group, it's because the antagonist muscles are not actually strong enough. So in, in like, quote-unquote tightening another muscle, you kind of trick your brain into, like, releasing something. And it kind of reminds me of what you said about, like, showing up and just kind of, like, meeting the universe halfway, like you said. And and there's this... um, there's like this uh, channeling or like this vessel just like waiting for the opportunity for the right thing to fit in. So it's like this, uh, I mean, it's it's like a story as old as time, you know, like if you put in the work, the luck will come through eventually. Mm-hmm. The, these chances kind of pass and pass and pass. Mm-hmm. But if you're expecting it in whatever way that is, then you, you like, you have that, like that perfect moment where things click. And like, it's, 
I, I love the way you put it. Like in my head, it's like after, especially after something like an ayahuasca ceremony, you could have this momentum or this motivation, mm. you know, like a, I'd almost say like the fear of God put in you to <laughs> be like, I got to change something, you know, but it was, I think like you said, it, 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 that's, maybe that's kind of wrong. Like it, it actually showed you that you want to do this and that it's actually easier. That's the, yeah, it, the wording needs to be correct there because there's no fear afterwards. It's more of just like this compassionate awareness that like, so a lot of my thing is I would motivate myself with a very negative internal dialogue. Most of us do. It's just the common thing. But I, I laughed at myself because on the surface, it looked like I was doing very healthy things like going to yoga, training jujitsu and mixed martial arts. I mean, but it was actually a symptom of a very negative feedback loop. You know, it was like, if you don't go, you're, you're, you're like, a, you're weak, you're, you know, you're not worthy. These were internal dialogues. So I would go and yes, I'm exercising, I'm doing good things, but it, it, the foundation was just this dirt, mm. this dirty mindset of just like pushing myself with like the negative narrative. So a lot of it has been undoing those layers and changing the narrative and coming at it with compassion, you know, do these things because it feels like you love yourself and you want to express yourself in, in these beautiful uh, avenues, you know, whether it's training or whatever, but don't shame yourself for any of that. Mm. So a lot of that was, a lot of the uh, cleaning up, I would say, was just creating more of a compassionate environment for myself. Mm. So that was the big lesson from that ceremony. Yeah, it's just Powerful. like... Powerful. Yeah, because the resistances I would have, the suppression I would have was also fueled by that mindset, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you get in that spiral of like, this is who I am. Yeah, this is what I need to do. Like, you feel like you deserve this pattern, sort of. I don't yeah, know. It's, it's, it's a such a weird game. You trick yourself into it, or I don't know what it is, but it's really just missing love. So then, when you create that love for yourself, everything could be addressed, and there's no shame in it, or there's no fear in it. It's just you're addressing it because you you want to heal. Like that's your intention. Yeah. It's this weird feedback, too. It's like the same way you, you know, when you become present, you can, f like, the breath is there waiting for you. If you start playing with the breath, you kind of find presence. Like, you never know what's going to lead you where. Mm. So it's like you have this presence in this situation, this pattern, and then in order to cross it, one way or the other, you find, like, forgiveness, you know? So if you work that backwards as well, you, you can just, like, find forgiveness and realize you you're you're already kind of on the other side of that pattern mm. so it's like it doesn't matter where you come from but all these modalities are like webbed together like it's not a back and forth it's like a it's its own jumble sort of but it's way more organized i guess than that subconscious jumble that you talked about <laughs> <laughs> lots of gateways in yeah. you know, lots of gateways in but to get as um as present to be able to hear that negative feedback loop the negative motivation loop underneath that that that's big work that's a total reprogramming of your neurology mm. yeah mm. i can't say that that work is anywhere near done <laughs> you know but addressing it is like the first step mm. you know creating that awareness and then it's like a lens you're wearing because now you're seeing it operate in mm -hmm. everything you do whereas mm -hmm. before it was just operating mm-hmm yeah, it's like once you know, then you can do something about it. But until you know, it's not in the realm yet. Yeah, it's just, it's controlling you in a sense. Yeah. That's the biggest driving thing. Driving the bus. Yeah. Driving, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, it's like you're driving, it's like you're in a bus with like 20 steering wheels. Mm. 
and you don't know who's driving sometimes. And you could even be like, oh, I'm driving, I'm driving. But mm. some other guy is actually like, let's go this way, let's go that way. And you have all these quick things that, I don't know if this is everybody. I've, I've recently listened to like some kind of theory on meditation and they were saying how you're going to miss a lot of the thoughts, a lot of these quick things that are really governing how you feel and how, you, mm. how other thoughts come up and how you really color your day. And uh, I fell into that little, I, th- I, th- I, c- I considered it a trap where you think it's just you, you know, like, like something's wrong with me or something. And it's, it's, uh, it was n- actually kind of nice to hear that it's like, it's just human. It's like, you're fine. And it's like, I mean, you said, I don't like, um, like, does it ever end? Is there like a, is there like, um, I don't know, like, like, do you become something better that, that like gets to avoid this like human condition but i feel i picture just being like living in the arctic or something like you can get better at surviving the like the environment but the environment never goes away and i I don't i'm i kind of wanted to ask you if like is there like some is like is that enlightenment or something like is there some you know enlightenment's just a concept in a sense for me but what i where i'm oriented in my practices is i'm a householder you know i have a family and my practices, I choose my practices so that I can live well in the messiness of the world. And does that mean I never get angry or I don't swear? Or, you know, mm. no, it doesn't mean any of that. Um, and hopefully it provides me a bit of space between a stimulus and a reaction, you know, a space yeah. for a new thought or a new idea. And then, you know, the, 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 the attuning or the, um, the tending to our subtle body allows us, gives us that grace of being able to navigate those, I forget what you call them, like glimpses or fleeting ideas or thoughts, you know, and then you, the meditations can, can, can provide you with tools to create space. So, you know, I, I, I think in my early years, I had like a fantasy of, you know, meditating on a mountaintop, you know, and now it's just about being home. It, mm. It's about being home in this body and home in my home and home in my neighborhood and home in the city and home on earth and mm. and connected to the cosmos. Like being the mountaintop, sort of. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get you. I've been thinking about this a lot. You can't walk away from yourself. Yeah, wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> yeah. nice. For real. Mm. And it, it's funny because there's a lot of the practices that, that say, like, there is no you. Or, or in w- a lot of the teachings, let's say, that are like, you know, you're, I don't know, like you're you find yourself leaning on these thoughts and then you feel like the thoughts are leaning on you as you go deeper into the practice and then you realize like nothing is leaning on anything and then you just feel like you, I don't know like I mean correct me if I'm wrong this is about to get a little weird but like you just I I feel it's hard to even describe obviously but it's like mm. it's like you reach an event horizon and it's like the like you the you the awareness or whatever is like this black hole and there's really nothing there in a weird way and there's no reference point it's like when you go as close to the center as you can there's this kind of unreachable quality to it because then there's no reference point because you're always using you as the reference point but then all these co- 
all these concepts, all these ideas, all these like uh, narratives or associations, they're on the border of this thing. So then you're just kind of like, like I get lost at that point. Mm. I I I've been thinking about meditation a lot lately. Mm. So maybe I'm kind of pulling the 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 conversation in another direction because I love I I would love to keep talking about breath work to be honest. And they're intrinsically mm, you know mixed, but uh I'd love I just I'm curious to your uh, kind of interpretation or opinion like and it's it's just fun, you mm. know. I, if we go if we kind of skip to the end of the conversation, yeah, the sure. point is that it's just fun. It's just mm. cool to let's say it creates th- that more of that space. Mm-hmm. And maybe I don't know if it's if this is debatable as well, but like, is the more space the better? Mm. Is it always just good to, or are we going to become like useless at some point? Like, <laughs> like you said, like we're homeowners, you know. Like, I don't want someone to have to like shave me and feed me. Like, I <laughs> <laughs> no, you want to keep the mind in the body. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly that's the practice. Right? Head in the sky, feet on the ground, as I like to yeah. say. Have I stolen that from someone? Anyway. We, we just borrow from everyone, right? Like yeah, it's all recycled. Yeah, we just, we're inspired by, you know, great things. And yeah. then you weave it through your narrative and it becomes yours. So mm. I think the, this idea um, of kind of like the unraveling the ball um, is that whenever you untangle a knot, there's nothing underneath. Mm. Right? It is nothing. Yeah. You just untangle it and then there's nothing. So it was like a concept. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a knot. <laughs> okay, you know, <laughs> just a knot. Doesn't need to be more than that. Because uh, at the you know, and I think we get knotted in our personal nature and our personal narrative. But the universality of our being doesn't necessarily get knotted. It's everything that we lay on top of it. Like at the center of every cherry is a cherry pit, right? The pit is what is universal. And in the way that I understand the teachings through my teachers is that this is, that is universal nature. The pit is universal nature. What is personal is the flesh of the cherry. Is it ripe? Is it hard? Is it juicy? Is it soft? Is it rotten? Mm. So, deep within us is this like the pit the universality of our being it's everything on the surface layers that is person personal nature so i i feel like part of that unraveling of the personal nature is to be able to be rooted into the matrix of the planet which is our heavenly host and to also be connected with an antenna to the cosmos so that you rise above the personal nature because that's the shit that we get lost in. That Those are the knots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because in universal nature, there's the universe exists in patterns, seasons, through the repetition of these patterns, we have the opportunity to gain insight. Cycles, polarities. I mean, I love the conversation of polarities. It's a big one. It's I- is that outside of this pit as well, or is there kind of? I mean, because there's like a quality, like you said, like this, like the earthly existence. Uh, obviously, in in the three D, there's polarity everywhere you go, but like mm. there, 
that's kind of the point. But the the I feel like there's this deep human essence that will, for me anyway, still have a lot of, let's say, story attached to it. Or maybe I'd, I might even use the word karma because I am a monkey human on planet Earth. And But I can go really deep into that where mm -hmm. it's like there doesn't have to be more than that. And, and there's all this kind of human, uh, even just my life, let's say, my like f you know few decades on this planet, I can shed that and just kind of see, let's say, one part of the karma as just like, I'm a I'm a dude on this planet, or li I'm like a pit, you know, surrounded by some flesh, like you said. But they're so connected to me still. I find there's such a um, yeah. it's so personal. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's that's just so fucking personal. <laughs> I guess that's like the biggest knot. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> yeah, and it's you know it is a cosmic miracle that we're incarnated in a human form. You know, yeah. it takes 84,000 incarnations to land in the human form. Like, it is a gift. It's a gift that we're here in this way, in this time. That's insane. Right? So, like, we're all Buddhas when you think of it that way. Like, <laughs> 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 That's really cool. I never heard that. But that personal mm. uh, pit we were talking about, that mm. knot connected from the flesh to the pit, is... Like you have to kind of look at it that every day is a gift that that attachment is still there, because we, when we die, when we take that final exhale, that is the release of the pit from the cherry flesh. Mm -hmm. I love this example, mm -hmm. but I think every day is a practice to, in a sense, prepare for that last breath. You know, in a sense, it is. Every day of, of life is a trading wheels for that final moment. So it's not about untangling. It's just understanding the separation and being okay with it and just in, incorporating that into your practice and into your life because how many of us are attached to that pit thinking that, uh, the, the flesh thinking that that's us? And then their mm -hmm. whole life is the flesh mm -hmm. of, the, of the cherry. And then when that final moment comes, there might be so much resistance between the two separating, you mm -hmm. know? So I think, yeah, I mean, we, we've probably all had stories of elderly people in our life who are bitter and resentful and don't want to let go. Yes. Right. That's what I'm kind of picturing. Like, can you reconcile the highs and lows of your life mm. so that you are, you let go peacefully? Mm. Yeah. That's the journey is mm. just having a peaceful transition. But I had a crazy vision once. Uh, during uh, Vipassana, mm. um, you know, in between the meditations, you can go to your room or you can walk around there. There's like a gymnasium. You can just walk around for like 15, 20 minutes at a time. And I just had this crazy vision. It was like a story. It was so poetic. But it was like a king was just, his his kingdom was imploding. It was just like going inwards, just falling into like a abyss. And he was trying to grab uh, all his treasures and his everything he's achieved he was just grabbing his crown his jewels his cup his his, his wife like everyone was there he's just trying to grab it and then it kind of like had a bird's eye point of view and it zoomed down and it was really just him coming to terms with his death and that all that implosion was just like his inner world was dying so he was mm -hmm. dying none of that stuff was even moving it was just he was dying mm -hmm. attached to the flesh of the cherry mm -hmm. in a sense so i remember there was such a humble vision because it, it it reminds you of that's intense. <laughs> it was very intense, but it reminds you of the the 
inevitable abyss we're all going to go to. Mm. So how do you incorporate that into your life? I heard something recently you guys might like. Um, it's I, f- I forgot where it's from. Probably the Buddha said it. Let's just let's just give him the credit. <laughs> if we're all the Buddha, then he said it. One of them did, yeah. <laughs> One of them. But it was something like um, death is not a story; it's an instruction. Something like that, and uh, I mean the king thing and the and the cherry thing. It's like it's making me feel like the instruction is to just accept. Sometimes there are things, everything's changing. We all know, like this Anicca idea, like we have to let go of everything. When we think something should have gone and it didn't or vice versa, like there's there's this flow of time that's this weird like cage of our experience in, in some ways. Maybe we could talk about how it isn't as well. But um, so there, my point is that there's like, there's this, uh, like, I am the cherry right now, which means that I am the knot, which means that I will be nothing one day in the sense that I am me now, mm. and I will be this dead flesh, but mm. I will also be this pit that is this, you know, part of that endless cycle, will become a tree, will become more cherries maybe, who right. I don't know. So it's like the wi- that, that death is an instruction line made me realize, like, mm. I don't have to dwell on it. A lot of people talk about this fear of death, you know, but it's like, it's a, it's a map, sort of. Like, you, th- what you think you are, what you are using as an f- instrument to experience life will fluctuate in a way that is incomprehensible one day. So, like, observe the fractal nature of that in everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, it takes a, takes a load off. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's nature, great nature provides us this example. All form deforms. And then it reforms to inform. (laughs) So, like, I know we're kind of like riffing on the the visual of the cherry, but I think we should add the stem. And the, the stem is the, the Tai Chi, it's the central axis within us that connects us to all that is was and will ever be mm. right because the the pit the flesh the stem connected to the tree the tree connected to the earth the earth connected in our heavenly host that graciously hosts us is connected to it just keeps going right in your mm. mind like the stem yeah it's fractal. forever. <laughs> yeah, because then the, the pit will fall, then the whole cycle over thousands of years will just will just redo. Compost. Yeah. That's powerful. It's all compost, man. <laughs> 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 Surprisingly deep. <laughs> but you're you're a homemaker. How does cuz this gets tricky when there's more of knots and variables when you have children and family and mm. responsibilities like that. Like I have Lily and that's already an attachment, not obviously not a big as big as having a child. But mm. when you, how do you incorporate these kind of understandings when I'm sure those knots get so tight sometimes? Mm. I like a million years ago, um, I was given the thought form through a teacher that you know children choose their parents to come in through for their own unique soul's journey, and. 
my perspective on my children, while yes, very attached in the in the three D realm, you know, to protect and to care for them, um, I have a very kind of universal view of them that it it is my they chose me, so I am here to um, to the best of my ability to serve and to guide them as a soul being on the planet. Because that's what I'm interested in, mm. right? I, that's the I'm I'm interested in beyond the third dimension. So um, I don't know if that gives me a bit of um, space in the knot because it's not it's not to say that I'm not knotted to my children. <laughs> I, I, I am very much, and and by the way, I think "and" is the most spiritual word in the world. Mm. You know, I am I am very I am a mother you know, bear, and I, I accept, know, and trust that my role is to guide these energetic beings on the planet. So it's not about me, mm. is what I'm trying to get to. Yeah. It's about what does their being need? And that's not right. at the expense of not knowing what my being needs. I mean, that's the dance. Yeah. That's the end. That's the end. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy to get lost in that, those lines, you know, when it's what you need and what they need, and then it's kind of can get mixed up. And sometimes you hear stories where parents will give everything to their children, you know, because that's what they need, they thought they needed. And then either sometimes the parent ends up resenting the child mm. because they've sacrificed so much of their existence, mm. or then the opposite happens the child gets so much or not opposite, but the child will get so much and then kind of, it's like a weird dance when you overextend or, or you underextend. It's freaking, yeah. that's going to be a journey. I mean, th this, this is, this is, I don't know if it's boundaries, but it's, it's that old, it's the, <laughs> maybe this is so overused, but when we used to fly mm -hmm. and they would say, you know, you put on your oxygen mask first and then another. Yeah. So I think we can only understand the nuances of our um, contact with others when we are tending to the spirit, the breath, the body, the vessel, the of our, on our own. Yeah. Mm. And then we can be. So my teacher says, you know, you learn to fit yourself first. So like your eyeballs fit in your eye sockets, and your tongue fits in your mouth, <laughs> and your knee fits in your armpit and <laughs> that you learn how to fit yourself first before you can fit others. Yeah. And that's the work that we're not um, directed to as younger beings, yeah. right? Even parents will say, eat this for me, <laughs> mm. you know, mm. finish, you know what I mean? Like it's all in our language. It's like, it's, it, we need to direct our, our youth towards their core, towards their Tai Chi, towards the stem of their own frickin' cherry, yeah. so that they know that they have a center, that they are connected to all that is, was, and will ever be, and their expression here on the planet, their mission, their soul's mission, is what they're here to uncover. Totally. A hundred percent. I feel a lot of, uh, personally, I won't talk for anybody else, but I really feel like I was taught... A bit by my parents and a lot by TV <laughs> that, uh, like, self-sacrifice was virtuous. Yeah. And 
I love how like I love how you used the and just now. You know, like you're going to embody your life and have self-love and self-respect and really only through that be able to uh approach it with other people. I don't know what it's like to have kids. It could be I could turn all of that inside out, but uh, again maybe just in a 3D way, you know, and then above that or beyond that or within that you're saying this is a soul that chose me and I'm going to take care of myself to take care of this thing. Mm-hmm. And there, it's so devoid of that fear and that like, oh, I need to bleed for this person's blood or something. Like some weird totally. upside down. Yeah. Totally. I, Such I, an old story. Yeah. And it's, it's I mean, it's kind of crumbling now. Yes. Because there's so much greed actually that is born of that. Mm. This kind of overcorrection of like, I'm cool, I'm confident. And these people end up being mean or mm. selfish as a way to counterbalance this, like, I am only virtuous when I'm, you know, bleeding, like we said before. And it's like, no, nah, man, like, we could just kind of when just I'm love each other. manipulating what I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, I love that you, s- mm. that's perfect, because it looks like self-sacrifice, but you're really trying to kind of uh, squeeze more juice out of life when, when you have enough. That's kind of blowing my mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, 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 this is more of like an intellectual thing. I, I think the last year or so, especially with the podcast, especially with COVID, I've been actually learning it, you know, like beyond the mind. Mm-hmm. But I, I always feel like, uh, like in, let's say in the story of the chakras, this idea of the heart chakra being this kind of this representation of love, I always interpreted it as self-love. And through that, only through that, like once you kind of are a storage for love, like you talked about before, about like uh, embodying what needs to come in so that it can come in, then you have love essentially or are love instead of looking for it in that grip way, that 3D way, that like fear, let it slip away. You know, it's all bound by time and, and you're, you're trying to resist it and hold on to it. And that like the thing with the king, mm. it's this in, it's, it's in the pit. It's not in the flesh, you know, it's like and, and again with the stem, like it, it, I don't know, it become it becomes like uh, the thing you can almost identify with instead of being like a person on Earth who, who has love as some kind of tool like your love and you have this mm. person on Earth as a tool. It's such a mm. subtle difference. I love that. Uh, me too. It yeah. just made me happy. Yeah. Well, like the love is like the, the the beginning building blocks of this whole thing. It's just the foundation is love and unity. And then it just all gets individualized on top of that. Mm. You know, and we yeah. kind of search for love sometimes and forget that it's all there. It's all at those layers. It's just, that's like the DNA of life. You know, it almost feels fundamental. Like it, like gravity mm. is love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, like just this attractor, just this like. Yeah. I've been reading a bit lately about um, like the magnetic frequency of the heart, and how it is so much stronger than that of the mind. Mm. Now I don't know much more kind of intelligent to talk about it in like a you know a scientific way, um, and. Mm. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe Nate, you remember, like I used to have these slogans like heart, mind, you know, it's yeah. like, um, I think my whole life I've known that it's heart is, is where we need to be operating from. 
Yeah. And yet it's so necessarily, I guess, when all that we're saying, it's not been necessarily supported by TV or parents or, you know, in the ways that we know until we get lucky enough to have a transcendental experience or a spiritual experience. And all a spiritual experience is, is it, it's beyond your knowing. That's what a spiritual experience is. It's beyond your knowing. But until we have that, I don't know, maybe it's like we're all, I'm always looking for like proof, you know, mm. but to just vibrate from the heart, which I think I've known my whole existence. Mm. So it's the way to be. Yeah. I mean, for me, I can relate to that because a lot of my, s when I do ayahuasca or these kind of ceremonies or any type of breath work session or even a meditation, it's always been about opening up my heart for me. Mm. It just, it, it just gets us like shielded up. And then when this opens up, everything I think about is just way more in line with what I truly want. It's like a compass. And it's just like, it's, it's always pointing to the right direction because it's just, this is open and expressed. And it's just, I guess it's, I would love to learn more about this magnetic frequency you're talking about. I think it's just, it's attracting yeah. what it, what it needs. Yeah. You know? And yeah. It gets closed up sometimes, and then that's where the work has to kind of, you kind of go back in circles, but with the wisdom to reopen it. But it's it's like a, it's a it's a sense it's a it's a compass to go through life is to lead with your heart. To connect to that is also mm -hmm. could be challenging for many. Yeah, I mean to drop down out of the mind and into the heart. Yeah. I'm glad you said it that way because that's how I kind of like it. That's how I do it. Oddly enough, like. Like the cacophony caused by by breathwork or or uh, some kind of plant medicine or something like you you go through that washing machine and it's like you instinctively want to escape the mind and you find a way like you're almost pushed out you know like it like something just squeezes you and the and the pit flies out. <laughs> and <laughs> and this, we're gonna great, the cherry's gonna be like in the title or something I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, like once you're once you're out, you like you see what's left, sort of. Once you're out, you're in. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's like the, um, I mean the like we talked about the breath. Like there's things that kind of p arise in this space, mm -hmm. and it very much feels like a space between everything. I don't know. And it's like you you realize some fundamental quality about it, and it seems so accessible. Hope like for a time, you know, I think with some practice it can remain so uh, because you do obviously get kind of put back into the body and, and you're just a nervous system. You're a monkey. You have to just practice and, and be do to be essentially. Do to realize that being is effortless, but it's the effort to get there. It's so odd. Anyway. Yeah, it's the um, effortless effort, yeah. which is Wu Wei. And it the joke is that it takes a shit ton of effort to become graceful yeah right like when we see with athletes or you know concert pianists it looks effortless that's the Wu way yeah. the like you you practice so much you put so much through the mind to be able to bypass it and to just kind of then like the the body i mean this is like zen or something this is the that it's like that idea that you just let it be but you've put so much energy into the being of your your form to be, let's say, like a pianist or, or a, a martial artist or something, you can really step aside. I mean, I, 
I, I don't know if I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but I, I used to love uh, free running, like parkour. And it's just dangerous and, and intense because you're climbing and running. And if you make one wrong move, you could like fall off of something high or like really hurt yourself or something. And at the not so much the danger, but the, the aspect of that, that skillful mind, mm. uh, which is very synonymous to some meditation practices. But obviously more kind of like, you know, adrenaline and dopamine and just uh, there's something about it that was so grounding and centering for me and, and very spiritual. I think it kind of put me in that path where it's like, what else in life can give me this state? And and then eventually you say, what is this state? You start kind of becoming inquisitive and and it just kind of led me down this crazy path. And it, I mean, I'm, you know, throw in some yoga practices and, and sh magic mushrooms and like, you know, one thing leads to another and. And uh, it's funny because I want to go back to that. Like there was no coincidence. I think that that was like my entry because there's some there's something. This is so off topic, but like I just love it. Mm. I just love it, and it's like you you get good at something, and then you don't have to think about it, and you're just in this. I mean, it's it's flow. Like mm -hmm. everyone everyone knows this buzzword, but it's like a heightened meditation. You know, it's skillful. Like, I, I feel like I'm making this distinction a lot lately. Like, you can sit and just be, but then I'd love your opinion on this, by the way. Like, there's so many ways to meditate, like, air quotes. You can do vipassana. You can do uh, uh, metta. You can do uh, anapana. You can do, you can have any focus, a deity, a, a part of your body. You can breathe this way, breathe that way. You can look at the thoughts and find the source. You can look at them without judgment. You can then, then I could go on for another hour probably. Um, yeah, so what's up with that? <laughs> I don't know, dude. I've spent the last 20 years of my life meditating my brain out, you know? Like <laughs> Literally. And <laughs> um, you know, and it's it's really been recently that I've found my way to the kundalini practices. Mm. And there's something really good here. Something really direct, really lined up, really potent. That, uh, you know, again, I guess all the meditations, there's like parkour, like free running, there's many gateways into a spiritual experience. Mm. Ayahuasca is a gateway in. Mm. Um, just, you know, it's got to, it's got to, like, align with you. Um, so I don't know. I, 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 there's so many different ways in. Um, the portal the pandemic opened for me was the, the gateway into the kundalini practices as a, um, system for meditation hmm. that, um, you know, after 20 plus years of, and I, I mean, I've done it all, <laughs> yeah. I've, done, I've done it all. Yeah. Um, I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm here. This is it. This is it. That's going to be my next webinar. This kind of 20 years of meditating. What did I learn? <laughs> oh, wow. That should be yeah. a book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For real. Yeah. But, so, I like I hear about Kundalini. I I may have tried a class. I don't know um, what's her name again. As she used to do the Friday night. Oh, Kamiko. Kamiko. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. I'm studying with Kamiko. Oh, amazing! Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah, she's amazing. See, I, so I've done what seemed to uh, what appeared to probably be a, maybe a watered down Kundalini for the type of people that were there that weren't too into it. So she kind of probably brought it down some levels. 
and it was on one of the full moons, but we were doing some type of movement, repetitive movement, like our shoulders were wide out, like a letter T, just, but like we were doing something where your shoulders started to burn, and she had us going for like five minutes with some deep breathing and chanting, and what I understood from it is that it's like, what I got out of it was that you're just, you're creating this pain sensation so much that you kind of tune out into like this meditative state of just accepting that pain and kind of forgetting it or mm. or dissipating it like uh, dissipating I don't know um, kind of just like um, vipassanaing it like just watching and observing the pain as it kind of fades out so that was my experience with kundalini mm. I know it's way deeper than that but yeah yeah but I mean just, like, that's maybe. wicked yeah you know I, yeah. I, I you know what I does it dissipate or do you choose to focus on something else mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah, that's gonna have my head spinning for a while yeah i mean yeah i mean it's still there waiting for you if you go back yeah. <laughs> that's that's a good point wow <laughs> yeah you dissipate essentially <laughs> it's uh, that's funny. that's it it was just a focus story. shift yeah. It's the story we tell ourselves that it means something the pain in my shoulders means this so i should stop yeah Right? And that's personal. Mm. Kundalini is referencing energetic patterns and archetypes and geometry and through the kriyas and the mind and the breath and the drishti and the gaze and the mm. that um, when we pass through the threshold, you may or may not have another experience. They're just they're techniques. Mm. It's the yoga technology and it's vast and potent <laughs> it's like a speedway i think it's a speedway <laughs> <laughs> i had a friend uh uh at my well yeah my old job i came back there details are relevant i get caught in them um he was a, a manager but he was also a kundalini teacher amazing yeah and he find like he quit now and he's like full time in that which made me happy for some reason, for obvious reasons. But uh, one time, because I, I had my own experience with uh, Shivananda, and they're great, but they are they kind of try to be very, like, um, let's call it uh, holistic, you know? And uh, he described Kundalini to me as, a like, a very, like you said, a very direct way in all ways, physical and, and psychological and and everything uh to experience the other bodies is what he said yeah and i said something like like aren't you afraid to like lose attachment to or connection to like the physical body and he laughed like i uncontrollably genuinely burst out into laughter and he said there's no chance like it's the it's like the thickest grossest body the like densest body yeah he's like don't yeah. worry about that like yeah. work as hard as you can try to detach from it it won't work and i and it just kind of i mean at the time i just i, I was like okay <laughs> but but it's just coming up now and it's making me feel like uh like yeah go for it like i like 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 the universe is saying i dare you like try <laughs> like have fun trying it yeah. won't work you know i used to have this really like false notion of what kundalini was and um and that you know it's through the power of speech and through the power of teachers where they say something and as a student it sticks right like 
oh, don't do this because you're going to blow your circuits was a big one, you know, back the last you know, 15, 20 years. Um, as it like, no, I don't think it was meant as a fear tactic. Mm. You know, it was just, mm. I think, and um, maybe an ignorance to unknowing. So, um, the you know, I am forever a student, <laughs> and uh, the way that I understand the you know the physical body in relation to the other body. So it's in the Kundalini system. There's eleven bodies, and um, you know we need to tend to the physical body so that we can also um, have the experiences of the more subtle bodies and um, that you root so that you can rise. Mm. And we've been saying that for years in the studio, right? Night, like yeah. root to rise, you, yeah. you know, from the forward fold all the way up to standing, right? Yeah, and then this is this like other, you know, evolution of it that, you know, anchor the body. So you don't want to leave the body for too long Otherwise, who knows what's going to move in? Hmm. I mean, this is our vehicle in this this day, this time and space, right? This yeah. is this is the vehicle. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why we're operating through this vehicle, and I don't think it's about completely leaving it until it's our time. I think there's so much to be learned mm. and experienced, and root to rise is beautiful because mm. it is that. When you're rooted in this existence, it just that magnetic field or whatever you want to call it of just connectivity just opens up. Yeah. But we need to go inwards and ground ourselves in order to to blossom. Mm. Otherwise, it's just like who's going to move in, like you just said. Yeah. You know, it's just I have friends that are just so out there, but then that connection to here is just kind of yeah. wobbly or spaced out which is not a bad thing i mean it's just there's just so much work to be done in this first if that makes sense yeah. and there are so many places yeah. to go cosmically <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i love this and, and <laughs> the most spiritual word on the planet yeah i'm gonna use it <laughs> please it's yours it's making me think of like a the yes and, like the, <laughs> you know, when people do, uh, uh, what's that called? Uh, wow, I can't think of it now. My brain is freezing. When people are doing comedy and it's like sketch comedy, but it's like improv, improv, there we go, improv. So the, the, the first rule of improv is yes and. So like you don't let your p other person sink, sort of. Like if they, they come up with an idea and they kind of go with some f like line of a joke, even if you don't fully get where they're going, you, you do this yes and. And it's it's like a way of life. It's like an attitude. It's not just saying yes and. It's like you really yes and like the the vibe. Yeah, I love that because then you don't make anyone wrong. Mm. Yeah, you know this isn't about judging their take on it, right? Yes and. <laughs> yes and. <laughs> the, the way the way it sounds when you're bringing it up now is like you're avoiding making more knots because like I uh, oppose as opposed to using the word but. You know, like you'd say like this, but that. And it's like you have to kind of about face. You have to turn and look mm -hmm. at this thing as opposed to that thing. It's like, no, and. Polarity. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I guess polarity is unavoidable. Polarity is mediated by trinity, which is the stem of your cherry. Whoa. 
whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a that was a cherry way of saying like we're here, we're 3D, but we're like of that thing through the stem. I'd love to look at a cherry now and see like the stem going into the pit and seeing maybe how the flesh forms. I feel like this analogy is somehow like perfect. <laughs> it but really uh, is. It really is. Uh, the mm. addition to the stem, though, that's what got me. Because I'm just, we're going to go back on it one more time. Just that the core of our existence, the flesh, that who we are, and then the cherry is just connected to the union of everything. Yeah. So just thank you for that again. Yeah. That's going to stick for a while. Well, and I can thank my teachers for it, you know, Naveen Mashan and Abby Galvin and mm. the Katona world and Kundalini world for all of the the ideas, right, to to riff off of, to chew on, to spit out, <laughs> to twirl around. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. Kundalini journey of yours is very recent. Yeah, I, th I mean, the pandemic, yeah. right? Um, made the world open source in mm. the sense that we were... Yeah, <laughs> I like that. The, the earth sent us to our bedrooms to think about what we've done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so in your bedroom, what did you do? <laughs> in your house, what did you do? Yeah. And I studied. And, um, you know, 20 years I've been running the yoga studios and just literally running, doing. Mm. And the pandemic gave me the opportunity to be um, and to study and to follow my, the, my curiosities. Um, and I, pre-pandemic, I had been, um, studying, um, in Katona. Katona is offered in New York. It's, um, created by a woman named Naveen Mashan and her, one of her primary students is Abby Galvin and Abby Galvin is who I was studying with. And what Katona does is they say, this isn't a system of yoga. You can lay this onto whatever you're teaching. So it's concepts, it's constructs, it's mind maps, it's um, just Katona plays in the world of metaphor and universal meaning to unite all beings in a way that then you can have um, a spiritual experience being a unique thought form. Um, and then you add your, that uniqueness back into the planet. Cool. Yeah. And it's through, um, and so Katona is um, derived from many, many different sources, like many rivers lead to the ocean. And so um, Naveen, you know, took some of the best concepts from Taoist theory, from Kundalini, from the Hatha practices, from sacred geometry, from numerology, and wove together a system of mapping the body to... Um, better understand, uh, I, don't, I feel like that's not necessarily what I wanted to say, but like a, a system of mapping the body to understand where we are in time and space so that we then have the opportunity for joy. And one of the teachings that I love so much um, from Katona, from Naveen and Abby, is that joy is technical. Joy isn't, it doesn't just happen to you. You have to, you have to do the work, mm. right? Like back yeah. to you, Nate, when you were saying like the wisdom that came to you is like you weren't, you weren't putting in your efforts. Yeah. You've got to make the efforts if you want to have joy. Yeah, I've, I've said this a thousand times on the podcast. 
but I love this quote so damn much. I, uh, I was Picasso, I'm pretty sure. He said, uh, inspiration is real, but it must find you working. And I love that because Picasso is like, you, like humanity will remember that name forever. And this guy is saying, I needed to sit down and just trudge through it like any other person. And I'm just lucky that the muses found me working. And uh, I mean, that's uh, like, I've never heard of this. It, it's called Katona. Mm -hmm. It sounds like MMA for spirituality. <laughs> like they just took from everything. It's the best thing I've ever found. <laughs> it <laughs> really sounds cool. Information, community, dialogue, language. Uh, yeah. I'm so grateful. I feel like, you know, the time the pandemic um, allowed, how everyone made the pivot to online and really mm. the, the world was open source, but it became even more open source. You know, I, I no longer have to go to New York to study. Mm. I can take class every day. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I really um, attribute my studies and time and learning and experience over the pandemic as to the great shifts that I'm now making in life. Mm. Yeah. I can, I can almost picture you like a slingshot, like you've been, like you said, running around and like working to essentially help other people be mm -hmm. for so long. And then, and then all this energy, all this potential from you being, let's say, more on the teacher side of that teacher-student, uh, you know, duality, it just all that, all that potential, like, snapped back, and you had a year of, like, here you go, yeah. like, just learn, and, yeah. and, like, because, I, I mean, there, there's all the, there's always this conversation about, like, your practice and how it might, how, the, how teaching interferes. I don't know if this is this is something I've noticed a lot, maybe because I'm attracting it, but uh, a lot of times it has to do with physically practicing. Like some people are teaching the postures and they're uh, doing the postures at the same time instead of let's say looking at the students more. And sometimes you need to give examples, but like there's some kind of metaphor in there of like the more you teach, the less you can practice almost, or it's like a part of the practice that becomes centered. And now you have this more, let's say traditional uh, student vibe where you can sit and learn and be taught and really be receptive mm -hmm. in, a, in, an, in a way where you're be, being informed, where new information is coming in, mm -hmm. stacking on top of what you knew before. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I, there's a question in there somewhere. <laughs> I guess I'm just yeah. trying to throw ideas at you. Yeah. I, I mean, I really see being um, when you are in the teacher positioning, you know, you're you're there for the students. The st and if you are a student who's a teacher. So that's a little bit of what I heard in what you said, like students who are teachers are also not necessarily in their practice because they're looking for ideas, they're looking for inspiration, they're looking, they're, th they're practicing through the teacher mind, right? So all of what I have to say is that oh, like yeah. the teachers and students, teachers need a home practice that they cultivate so that they can, you know, um, come and conduct the orchestra. And then it's really, um, I think, important as a teacher to be able to tune your own instrument at home and then come and play in the orchestra, mm. but know that that's what you're doing, right? 
Yeah. That just kind of blew my mind. I think I do that. I think I do. Well, the first one, the bad one. <laughs> you know, this idea of like uh, trying to harness some kind of teacher mentality, mm-hmm. whereas the truth is just be a teacher in the moment when you mm-hmm. need to be and be a student at home when you need to be, mm-hmm. or let's say the rest of the time. Because there is still just this clear, evident student quality to being a teacher, but you're being a student of the students. You're giving teacher them what they teacher comes need. from being a student. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't have to be more complicated than that, I guess. It's just, that's, that's totally what I used to do. Or what I guess I still do is like putting this kind of pedestal teacher vibe, you know, and thinking I need to be a teacher. And it's, it just yeah. kind of comes with the practice. I mean, 2020, right? Two plus two is four. The year of the, the pandemic with the four year was the year of destabilizing all of these structures. We've moved into the, the five. And now this is now, this is energy where it is no longer information held behind a closed curtain. It's no longer, this is about transparent sharing available not um not the hierarchical patriarchical um systems that we've created and i think one of the biggest places this needs to shift is in the yoga studio Mm -hmm. because no matter what there is an inherent power dynamic between teacher and student this pedestal that you're talking about and what teachers need to do is is really just get level you know that they're maybe one step ahead of students, but do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think that this is, th- all of this um, this restructuring of the structure that we've seen through the opportunity of the pandemic is, is all about this. How are we going to put things back into place? And what's going to be sustainable? Yeah. Yeah, what's not sustainable seems like it's sticking out like a sore thumb these days. Yeah. And that's and I I see what you're saying about it needing to really be there in in the studio environment because this yeah. is like the place where people go to learn things like this. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. It, it like perpetuates this like false ideal. Yeah, I totally get you. Yeah, like uh, the, the the best teacher is going to like you're gonna try. You're gonna reach for the pedestal. Like even if you're trying to put them higher, it's just gonna uh, like evaporate. They're, like you said, they're like a step ahead of you. They're just pulling you along, encouraging you. They're right there with you in the trenches. They're not on high uh, with a speaker, with like a loudspeaker, megaphone, like telling you what to do in order to be blah, blah, blah. You know, like it's, that's, that's, that's going the way of the dodo. Like that just doesn't fly anymore. (laughs) Pun not intended. (laughs) From my experience of being a student of yoga in your studio at the time, um, I never really had that sense, or if I did, it was very subtle and it was very temporary. But that sense of that kind of power dynamic, because mm. the, I guess the, cr- the the place you created yeah. was such an open environment. I, I never felt that it was like, like this like a cultish type of a religious type of way of doing a practice. It was very open to discover yourself and your postures and your and where you're at at that day at that given moment. And you know, it was just very humble very mm-hmm. humble from from the top down at least in my experience but it was it was a really good reference point to have now mm-hmm. you know to it did definitely did shape me as a person yeah. you know that that kind of environment 
And I know we didn't want to get into it, but it just breaks my heart, Sarah. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry to bring this up, but it's, you know, the whole pandemic was a shock. And hearing my some restaurants close was a shock. But when I heard the yoga studio close, mm. I, it shattered me. Mm. Like it, it was like, I really had to recover. Mm. I, and I can imagine for the teachers and for you, it just amplified, you know. And I think this episode also is very valuable for those that were part of this community to, to hear you speak and to see where you've come since and what you've been doing on your journey and this beautiful talk that you're talking about. But like, that was a tough one. You yeah. Know? You know, and, I, and it made me Huge. realize that you have to kind of go through it and feel it and hug it and allow it to yeah. be expressed and felt. I think the grieving from the pandemic is only just about to start, <laughs> right? Yeah. As we open up and see what's changed. Mm. Um, it felt like what was an impossible decision, Nate, like being my entire life. I mean, yes, I have a family. I didn't realize, let me rephrase it. I didn't realize how much of my identity and the meaning that I drew from being the studio owner was to my sense of self. Mm. Um, and you know, back the studio model had really, um, shifted in the last few years. I feel like yoga had become really devalued through things like, you know, the Groupons and the sales and the promos. And I felt like it was just spinning out of control and it made it harder and harder to sustain such a large organization. Mm. And when the pandemic came, I, not initially, but there was a, a big relief that I was like, okay, I can just stop for a minute and like redirect this ship. Um, and I think I had been trying to for the last few years, um, but while you're in it, you know, when you're in the storm, it's, it's hard to set course. And, um, so for the first, you know, I guess 10 months of the pandemic, um, I had really made, I really reset course, made the changes that I thought would make the studio sustainable and um, flow. Um, and then what happened is I just stopped believing in the recovery. But beyond that, like when I get really honest, and I guess this is the piece that's hard, um, is that I was, and I know that it's beyond me, um, but I was, you know, I had a great team. Um, but at the end of the day, it was up to me <laughs> in the sense, right? Mm. Financially, emotionally. And um, I, didn't, I didn't want it anymore. I want a space. I want to teach more than ever. Mm. I have more creativity, more desire, more uh, chutzpah to, yeah. to share the teachings than ever. Um, so that's really confusing to me, right? Why would you close a space if... And yet it, it felt like it became um, such a burden, And spending, you know, 90% of my time doing things that I didn't want to be doing was my life for, you know, 
a lot of years and I didn't re I didn't even know it. I didn't even know it that I didn't want to be doing it. Right. Mm. Because I loved so much what these, and I always said the studios were like these lighthouses in communities and what they offered to people. And we did so much good. Mm. Um, so I'm not, I'm not taking away from that at all. Um, at the end of the day, after having tasted the art of becoming a real student and, and um, like I felt like the pandemic allowed me to become a good teacher again, <laughs> you know, rather than just, just spitting out a few classes amidst accounting and marketing <laughs> and <laughs> HR and, yeah. you know, um, it's a very uncomfortable, uh, it's still very uncomfortable. I'm still not at ease with this as a decision because I want to host a space. I want, what I want is I want a collective of people that would be willing to share the, the responsibility and the, the, the like ideas and the generating and the sustaining of a great center. Mm. So like you don't want to be a, like a boss, like you don't want to run it like you did before because you know, like the writing's on the wall at this point. Like you want everyone to come in and collectively. There needs to be a new model. So just as yeah. much as we were talking, you know, when I mentioned like the four and the stabilization of the structures and what needs to change in the yoga studio, I think that I would love to see a new model of yoga studio, a new mm -hmm. model of spiritual space, sacred space, um, that really um, values the worth of the teachings and um, is inclusive and transparent and uh, I love that yeah I can picture what you're des you're describing and it's almost like uh, like a Vipassana type of environment where it's like a collective, um, it's like we're all in it together kind of thing. Like this thing exists because of all of us putting in work. Almost like a, in Israel, like the kibbutz is, is like just mm. this like shared communities that just function. And there's like no money there. It's just, they're just, they're just they mm. all work together and they live in these utopian little s groups. Makes me think of a dojo as well. Yeah. Like there's some kind of respect, I guess. Like there's no better word for it. Like you just, like you said it perfectly. Like you're just worried more about the about the teaching well and less business more about what its purest form is right yoga and connecting to self and less of like a business structure behind it you'd almost need the people to be more business oriented that you bring on to to kind of uh like disperse the the efforts so that the does that make sense? I don't know. I'm trying to think of it like logistically. Like you need you need a bunch of like business yogis yeah. to come in <laughs> yeah, and like yeah. <laughs> anyone can do a bit of anything <laughs> so that no one's like too stressed out or like running the yeah. show and, and losing themselves in the minutia. Yeah. But the minutia is getting done. Yeah. The fascia of the whole kind of business world is 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 strong, but uh, the heart is always mm -hmm. the, the the students, the teaching, the, yeah. the I feel like it always was like in Nate when you said like y when you came to the studio you never felt the kind of like power structure like you no. just felt like very open supportive yeah um 
and th- that was that was truly my wish, you know. So I'm glad you felt that. <laughs> yeah, me and many others. That. I mean, yeah. that it was like kind of the momentum of life. You just go back to the studio. It was just like a space to just reconnect, but mm. there was no external pressures. Like I would go martial arts gym it's obviously a different type of vibe mm-hmm. but it's very y- yang energy and very intense which is awesome but when you go to the yoga studio it's just like this it's just like a breath of fresh air in there yeah you know and it's just from from the people there the community built from the teachers and mm-hmm. just from the space yeah so many great people yeah you know from uh, the energy exchange program mm. desk teachers students yeah it was really um pretty amazing yeah <laughs> a lot of sprung from there because mm-hmm. i would have never found out about ay- ayahuasca from because mm-hmm. i talked to someone there who was happening mm-hmm. to go to a ceremony and we went and then eventually if you look in the timeline this came from an ayahuasca ceremony yeah. this student this yeah. uh, podcast so it's all kind of tied into that that yeah. space it's so, so interesting <laughs> it's only once i close that i learned some of these like deeper connections people made yeah. you know they would write and say you know I had, you know, I met my husband there. I met my wife <laughs> there. I wow. had this, you know, opportunity or I met the love, you know, just so many. It's, it's coming together. That's what it really is. Yeah. You know, studio or not, it's just the community. Yeah. The the shared agreement that this means something to us. Mm-hmm. You know? Like a chakra, like a hub. Mm-hmm. I use the word hub a lot in my new vision. Mm. I like that idea because it can move. Mm-hmm. It's allowed to be like a little like transient or flimsy mm. in, in some structures, in some ways it needs to really show up. But in other ways, it's like, oh, we're in this new location or whatever. Like, And I wonder, like, you know, like humanity kind of went online for a year. Like did, did this, is there a remnant? Uh, is there like, uh, there must be like, this kind of community that was built around the, the l- physical location or the name or the business or whatever, there must be so much, uh, let's say, left over, so much still. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're, we're still teaching in parks and online. Um, and, you know, I guess what 15, 16 months have, have happened, a lot of people's patterns have changed. Mm. Um the closing of the brick and mortar is one aspect. My commitment was to still keep the teachers who wanted to be involved teaching in this under this the name Studio Without Walls, which I actually really love. Mm-hmm. I really love. Uh, it came from, in a sense, this love letter that I was writing the teachers to share with them. My the final decisions of you know I, I think I'd been fairly transparent along the way with them of the journey of the challenges of what I was thinking. Um, but in this kind of like final love letter, it came out studio without walls. And I thought, Oh, <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. You know, and even if we were to reopen, you know, in some magical sphere in that space that it could still be the studio without walls because it would be totally redefined, you know, in the, the next layer of consciousness that, pandemic has brought us all to mm. yeah i feel you i think like in the dna of the of w- of the new you yeah. know it, it, there's just it's it's not you're not going to 
show up once a week and do some postures. Like you're going to learn something about your body and you're going to think about it when you're sitting on the bus or like, you know, like when you're lifting something or when you're, when you're like at work and you, your breath changes and you when suddenly cuts you off on the, hi yeah, on the highway, especially <laughs> <laughs> just, just the, the space becomes yeah. the space, you know, like the, yeah, it's studio without walls. That's a great way to s sign out. Oh yeah, we are. Uh, we hit our time. We're like ten minutes over, about. Yeah, that's we'll perfect. Start, yeah, it is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank you, Seth. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, no, we went I all over the cosmos. I love. I it. loved it. I loved From it. From the 3D yeah. to the 5D and maybe beyond. <laughs> I don't even know. I yeah. Personal. I mean, like that was perfect. But I, I always feel this way. I just can't wait to talk to you again. <laughs> 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 you know, like in a few months or something, just see like what's up. Love that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. If you have any last s words, if you want to share, if people can follow you or if there's something that you're doing that's going to be live or online. I don't well, I mean, Studio Without Walls is pretty open to the world, right? Studio Without Walls is, you know, it's there's a, there's a Zoom platform and there's the, the outdoor platform. Okay. Um, I created something called The Imprint, which is... 40-day meditation practice that's anchored uh, four times a year around the equinox and the solstices. Mm. We're in one right now. It's called Radical Radiance because we're working the radiant body. Mm. It's delightful. You're really good at naming things. I know. <laughs> I love <laughs> words. Yeah. I, they, they have a vibration. They carry energy. And uh, I, I really love words. I love the combinations of words. Mm. I do too. Yeah. I do too. And <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's this super cool 22 minute. We do a stat, we do the same meditation every day for 40 days. I teach it live every day at 6 a.m. There's a pre recorded version of 22 minutes or 11 minutes. You know when you just can't fit 22 minutes in in your day? Cut it in half. Cut it in half. <laughs> And um, and then there's educational components to it. So I, I lead a workshop every Monday uh, during the 40 days, and we explore deep concepts, you know, desire. What do I desire? How do I create a vision from desire? Mm. Um, energetic architecture. What does actual self-care feel like, look like? What is a habit stack, you know? So I kind of touch on all these yeah. elements of of a program. And then I guess the last piece of it, so it's meditation, education, and community. And um, we gather in groups and I have group forum and discussion and, um, you know, mm. we just have a place to share. I want to so. be in on this. Yeah, man. <laughs> I would love you to be in on it. I want to be in yeah, on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is it's happening. So that's under the Sarah Gallagher Bloom banner. And I guess the best way is probably just to find me on Instagram at Sarah okay. Gallagher Bloom, which, Nate, that's how we yeah. were in touch. And oh, yeah, I'll put a link too, just uh, for those interested. Oh, Sweet. yeah, we'll do all the. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, guys. This was awesome. What a joy. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right, everybody. Stay curious. <laughs> <laughs>